You're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing chapters 50 and 51. We're just doing our discussion of chapters 50... No, summary of chapters 15 and 51, then discussion, and then we'll do spoilery discussion. I'm sure we'll have spoilery things to say. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say. I'm excited to talk to you about these chapters. <laughs> but then again, I'm, I'm usually excited to talk to, that, talk to you about them. So, <laughs> Chapter 50 opens with the narration, It happened at least 10 days ago. At a convenience store, late at night. You were there. And we cut to a convenience store. A man carries a stack of bags of chips so high that they cover his face. And he bumps into Uo from behind. He apologizes, and she says it's fine. Wait, she says she's fine. But she says he could really use a ba- he should really use a basket. Oh, of course, that's silly of me. Thank you for your kindness, the man says. And he bows. The stack of chips slides everywhere on the floor. And Uo jumps back with a wah! And then Uo loses it. Is this for real? <laughs> Is it really someone who does the same things she does? I just want to say, I just noticed that one of the chips he's holding appears to be Mogetta branded chips. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> I have to look. Do you follow along while I read to you? Yes. Really? <laughs> That's charming. <laughs> I didn't know that. I see one that says potato. Oh, it is Mogeta. It's just sideways. <laughs> I physically turned my book upside down so that I could see it. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> she also like picks up her feet to avoid them spilling everywhere yeah. around her, which is great. <laughs> but of course she cracks up because um, if you if you didn't catch that, it's exactly the same as Toru dropping the folders when they were in middle school when they met. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uo apologizes and she helps him pick up, picks up the chips, still laughing, which seems to catch the man off guard. The narration continues... I don't know why, but you were laughing so happily, and it was so pleasant. I wanted to watch you forever. Part of that narration is kind of overlaid on like a half-page panel of Uo smiling, so I think it, like this narration belongs to the guy. Sometime later, ten days later, question mark, <laughs> Toru and Hana come into a coffee shop where Uo works. No fair, she says, while well, I'm stuck on my working my ass off, you two go on a date. Oh, we're not alone, one of them says, and it turns out that Megumi has come as their bodyguard-san, as Toru <laughs> says. <laughs> And they told me that if I came, I would get to see Arisa in a miniskirt, he adds. It looks good on you. And Uo is like, you really don't act like a middle schooler. Maybe more like a lecherous old man. Lascivious. Yeah, a lascivious old man. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I really love Megumi. Yeah. <laughs> As a side note. Good. <laughs> he is good. They all comment on how Uo is working two jobs, and Toru says that she wanted to look for more work, but Uo is like, don't be stupid, you've already got a full-time job working in that huge house, taking care of those three huge men. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try, don't you dare take on another job, you die from exhaustion, there's no freaking way. And Toru is like, no, no, they're the ones taking care of me, of course, and Hana is like, absolutely not. They ask uh, Uo about the man that she met at her job, because she mentioned in the last chapter, she mentioned recently that she met a man at at her work. So they ask her again about the man that she met, and Uo says that she met him at the convenience store, not here at this job. And Megumi and Hana share a knowing look, and Megumi asks, are we going to stake out the convenience store? And Uo <laughs> is like, don't. I've told you a thousand times, he doesn't look like Toru. It's like his clumsiness reminded me of her. My, is he that scatterbrained, Hana asks. And in the background, Toru's like, <laughs> clumsiness? Scatterbrained? Like, she has her like little panic expression and <laughs> thinks those things. Anyway, I haven't seen him since that night, Uo says, and she looks off, kind of in the distance, as if distracted by that thought. But if he did show up, I wouldn't mind seeing him again. Uh, someone's gonna crush, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the kids also agree to go out to dinner later, um, as Uo gets sassed by the manager to stop chatting, and asks, aren't you gonna introduce me to one of them? And Uo is like, you want to eat the curse of their bodyguard, with Megumi clearly visible in the background, <laughs> looking suspicious. 
Later that day, Uo takes her lunch break. When she steps out of the cafe, she notices a man in the distance who looks suspiciously similar to the man from the convenience store, and she runs to catch up with him, in heels. It couldn't be the same guy, she thinks, could it? Hey, wait, she yells, and then she catches him from behind by his shirt. He looks over his shoulder at her, and she pants. It is him, she thinks, and she beams like a bright smile. We see the man's face fully, and he blushes a little, clearly taken aback. Um, you're the girl from the convenience store, he says. Yep, that's me, all right. This is such a coincidence, I'm surprised. Are you all right? He asks, you're gasping. I'm okay, she says, just a little out of breath. And she's like sweating and like hunched over, <laughs> trying to play it cool. I saw you from behind and I didn't want to lose sight of you. So without thinking, I just took off in pursuit. <laughs> I'm not making any sense, am I? She says, and then she like tugs her collar. Could it be, he wonders, that she's been thinking of me as much as I've been thinking of her? And Uo's stomach suddenly growls, which must be the most embarrassing thing to happen in, in Japan. Because like, didn't this happen in another chapter to somebody else? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't remember when it was. Mm. Like, obviously none of these children eat enough. No, clearly. <laughs> She's busy working hard, gotta make the dollars. Working like, I was about to say working 9 to 5, and it's probably like 9 to 5, and then 5 to 9 in her case. <laughs> another way to make a living. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anyone more of the words, so I can't make another joke. You would think that she would deserve a fat promotion for her service and devotion, right? That's Those are lines from that song. <laughs> in our Dolly Parton podcast, we'll be yes. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the man asks if she's eaten and of course she hasn't um and he says that he hasn't either he smiles and offers to treat her to lunch really she asks in shock sparkles flying everywhere in the panel and her eyes are like just spots of light in her face which is magical <laughs> really he says i haven't properly apologized for what happened at the store yes wait for me tororo soba she cheers and he's like eh you sure you're okay with just tororo soba and, he, and then she's like, what are you waiting for? The shop will get crowded. And he's like, uh, okay. So she takes him to the place. She says, Toroso was my favorite thing right now. And she's super tearful. You should think of what you want to eat, too. He watches her from behind, uh, looking perhaps a little confused that someone could experience joy over something so simple, and then smiles. <laughs> At the restaurant, the man introduces himself as Kareno, and she introduces herself as well, by her full name. Not like a not a weirdo, like Kareno. <laughs> <laughs> She asks what he's doing in this area, and he says that he finally got some time off work, but he didn't have anything to do, so he was killing time walking around. He says that he's 26, and he asks if she's in high school, she confirms. Um, and she explains that she works at the coffee shop and the convenience store, and he's impressed that she has two jobs. She wonders while she eats soba, nine-year difference? Is this a little criminal? Would you believe me if I said that was my first time shopping in a convenience store, he asks. And Risa eyes him suspiciously. <laughs> it's true, he says. I guess it's a little pathetic. Truth be told, I really don't have a clue how to do things for myself. What are you? She stands up and shouts. Are you really the ruler of some kingdom or something? He laughs and he's like, nothing like that. It's a waste of my time. It was really unusual that I went to a convenience store that night. I usually don't do pointless things. As it's been established, I live and work, he says. Pointless, she thinks, looking a little bit shocked and hurt. So, on the other hand, he continues as if he's not being a jerk. <laughs> when I get a time off like today, I don't know what to do with myself. Like many people in the series, he doesn't know how to people. He definitely doesn't know how to people. <laughs> Are you happy living like that? She asks. He smiles a hollow-looking smile. Having fun with all these descriptions of people's smiles in the series. <laughs> so tired of saying rueful. So I had to come up with some more. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Usually it's like genuinely happy or rueful. It's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> this time it definitely, I say, I think it does look hollow. It looks like he's like smiling, but he's, he's physically making the motion with his face of smiling, <laughs> but there's no joy in it at all. It's a smile that didn't meet his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's like, well, a smile only meets your eyes if you're the Joker, so... <laughs> He also, if you have to explain that you're happy, that's not coming across in your smile. It's not very <laughs> genuine, is it? So he says, I'm happy. I have everything I want. I'm content. And he looks down. I'm sure I'm more content than anyone. So if you have to explain all of that, then you're not smiling genuinely, I think. <laughs> that smile looks rueful. It is rueful. <laughs> Hollow, rueful. The second one. <laughs> yes. Well, the one when he's looking down after. Yeah, the second one does look rueful. Ooh, grimaces. In that case, you should look happier when you smile, she says. And she stands up suddenly, to his surprise, and slams her hands on the table. I felt it, she thinks. That smile of his today when I first, and when I first met him. It's an incredibly lonely smile. I'm sorry. I'm sure it was pointless, she says. Even though you and I met during that wasted time. Karina looks taken aback. The servers and the other patrons at the restaurant wonder what's going on in the background. <laughs> There's drama happening. Maybe I'm just a stupid girl, but I didn't feel like that was a waste of time to me. Meeting at the convenience store, eating soba like this. Ever since I met you, I thought maybe it was more than a coincidence that you bumped into me. I couldn't get you out of my mind, Uo says, and she clenches her fist on the table and continues shouting, because I thought that our meeting meant something, because I was happy. Thanks, she says, I'm leaving. And then she pieces out, leaving Kareno sitting at the table, looking a little upset himself. Outside, she thinks... In those, like, pointy star speech thought bubbles that we've seen before <laughs> that mean that you're super pissed off or super... How would you describe the president talking before? What? Remember, like, uh, the president of student council, Makoto Takei? Mm -hmm. when, he, when he comes to the school... Or no, not, not when he comes to school. When he's at school and Haru and Momiji there for the first time and he comes and does his, like, rant about the campus defense force, he talks in those same speech bubbles. I thought he was just loud. <laughs> So maybe her thoughts are just loud? Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely angry. I think yeah. there's another uh, speech bubble of Yuki's that uses the same style or thought bubble or something from uh, mm -hmm. the episode of Kakiru. But anyway. Prickly. Prickly. <laughs> <laughs> that pisses me off, she thinks. I don't know why, but it really pisses me off. Well, sorry for wasting your time, and sorry for making you waste your money buying me lunch. And sorry, she thinks, wiping her eyes as she walks, for not being able to make you smile like you were having fun. Arisa, wait, Carino calls, and turns out that he's caught up with her. She's understandably annoyed, and is like, what makes you think you can call me by your first name, bastard? Don't follow me. Don't talk to me. I'm mad as hell right now. He's like, please calm down. Please don't cry. And she's like, I'm not crying, of course. I'm sorry, he apologizes after she slows down. I spoke without thinking. I was happy, too, that you spoke to me. He thinks, running until you're covered with sweat just to talk to me? I couldn't get you out of my mind, either. Really, I, I wanted to see you too ever since that night, he says. And she looks to him out of the side of her eyes, blushing a little. Oh, okay, she says and laughs. And he's like, are you blushing? And she's like, shut up and kicks him. <laughs> <laughs> you are blushing, he says with a chuckle and a genuine bright smile this time. Ah, uh, thinks looking up at him. Now that's a real smile. He moves in close and they look into each other's eyes. And he delicately touches her fingertips. And with his other hand, he brushes some hair away from her cheek and then caresses and kind of cups the back of her head, his thumb resting right in front of her ear. Suddenly, his expression darkens, he grimaces and pulls away quickly. She holds up the hand that he was touching as he pulls away, taken aback, and she watches him walk away, head down, hands at his side. It's like he just said I love you, she thinks. 
We hard cut to later at the Montoyaki <laughs> restaurant. Toru cooks, which is a surprise to everyone, <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> Megumi asks if Arisa likes Kureno, and she's like, I don't know, he's mysterious and doesn't always make sense. And why did he leave without saying a word? What, did I have VM breath or something? Hana wonders if the age, if it's the age difference that was off-putting, and Toru adds that her parents were eight years apart and very much in love. But I have to admit, she says, it feels a bit lonely knowing that one of my friends may have found her special someone. What are you saying, Uo says. You'll be someone's girlfriend before you know it, and then he'll definitely want to keep you auto himself, as if he'll let him. We're definitely crashing their first date, aren't we, Hanajima? She says, pointing to Hana, and Hana points back and is like, of course. The manjayaki <laughs> sizzles in the background. <laughs> Are you lonely? Megumi asks Hana, like a good brother, and she smiles and says she's alright. Anyway, Uo says, she won't be able to see him again unless he comes to her. Ah, uh, could he be married with children? Hana asks, raising a gloved hand to her face in surprise. <laughs> Ugh, if that's the case, then I'm calling it off right there, Uo says. But it would really be wonderful if you could see him again, the optimist, Tor says. <laughs> mm, I wonder, Uo says, will I see you again? Elsewhere. In the dark-bordered corner of the manga, we see Kareno walking. <laughs> we see his internal monologue again. If only I could watch over you. If only I could always be near you and touch your lips. He walks down a wooden hallway. Familiar feet under a kimono appear in what looks like a darkened room. Welcome back, Kareno. And a page flip reveals that is, of course, Akito. Coat kind of half-draped off, looking disgruntled. I trust you didn't cause any mischief outside. Kareno looks resigned. But I'm sure I won't be able to see you again, he thinks. Akito approaches him and caresses his cheek, with the same hand that he held up to Uo's face earlier. No, Kareno says, everything's fine, Akito. And that's the end of chapter 50. Dun, dun, dun. So dark! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, it's okay, we're gonna take a hard left turn into something exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm just kidding, that was no really exciting. <laughs> uh, it's gonna end on an upturned note, though, at least. It goes bright, dark, dark, bright. <laughs> Chapter 51 opens with a familiar dark-headed baby in a tiny, adorable coat. <laughs> in the narration, when I was little, I hated going outside because I would hear the voices of hearts that I didn't want to hear. I would hear so many and it made me feel sick inside. We cut to a park. Baby, baby Hana is there with her parents and baby Megumi. The panels are crowded by these like darkened speech bubbles that represent the thoughts of others, and Hana's mother calls to her, and her father says she isn't feeling good. Baby Hana stops and crouches to the ground, and her mom consoles her, and they decide to take her home. At home, her parents talk. Hana's always been like this. It's frustrating that there's nothing they can do to ease her pain. It's strange, her mother says. She's the only one in our family with a power like that. We can't take her to the hospital. It might only hurt her more, Hana's father says. Her grandmother is also worried about baby Hana's future. She'll have to suffer because of a special gift that other people don't have. It's a power that people won't understand. Baby Hana, who's in bed, is visited by Baby Megumi. A strange power, Hana's inner monologue slash narration slash thoughts continue. There's like all in this chapter because it's kind of like a flashback like we've seen before. There's Hana's like narration slash thoughts throughout. Mm -hmm. So this is, or her inner monologue, I guess. Why is it that the voices in my family, of my families and other people's hearts come into my head uncontrollably? We see a scene of her approaching her family and her father is like, I know what you're thinking. Daddy sure looks tired. And Hana's narration continues. My parents tried to make me feel comfortable with it, but they don't understand. Nobody does. Not even me. A power I was born with. A strange power. Hana's grandma says that it would be nice if she could learn to control her power, but neither she nor her parents know how. They wonder if Megumi might have that power too. 
maybe that's why he doesn't talk. And their dad is like, I think that might just be his personality. <laughs> <laughs> a kind family, Hana thinks. Kind voices. I didn't want to trouble them because of my power, so I tried hard to keep it a secret as much as I could. Witch, we hear. She's a witch. Say something, witch, a tiny asshole child says, <laughs> smacking the hat off of baby Hana's head. Another kid tells him to cut it out, and Hana says nothing. School was agony, Hana narrates. The voices were especially loud at school. I was always looking down, trying to shut them out. Needed to say I got teased a lot. We see scenes of just that. Kids saying, don't touch me. I don't want your witchy germs, witch, for example. <laughs> and then I did it, Hana narrates. Something terrible. It's lunchtime at school. An asshole little boy throws a lizard into baby baby Hana's bowl. Eat it, he says. My sister told me that witches eat live newts. Come on, do it. I would never eat this, Hana says. Come on, the boy says to the other kids. Hold her down. Put it in her mouth. They push her to the floor, and they're like, ew, she put it in her mouth. So I guess they managed to, like, get the newt in her mouth. I don't know. Whatever. But she's on the floor. Be quiet, Hana thinks. If I'm a witch, what are you? Is it okay for you to do something so terrible? Be quiet. She imagines the boy in darkness, and she glares at him and thinks, I hate you. I really hate you. I wish you would die. 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 And then we see the boy from behind, and he stumbles and falls to the floor. Hanajima's parents talk after school. It turns out the boy has finally regained consciousness. His mother also fainted of the strain um, of being with him in the hospital and was being treated as well. It's because I wanted him to die. Because I willed him to die with all my heart, Hana says. That's why he almost died. When will you take me to the police? When will they put me in prison? I tried to kill him, she says. Eyes looking lifeless like we've seen before, like kind of like Kisa's mom or Uo in that one scene in her backstory. Her parents are, of course, unwilling to believe that this was her fault in any way. I really thought I'd killed him. If it happens again, I might kill him for real. I'm scared, Hana says. And her father hugs her to try to comfort her. No more, Hana thinks. I don't want to wish for anyone's death ever again. And then we see Hana now a little bit later in elementary school, I think. And she explains that from that day on, she wore black. Rumors quickly spread about her and the boy, and she was ostracized even more. I felt that it was the punishment I deserved, Hana says. We see another scene out on the playground. Hana, who's alone, looks over at some kids playing. A boy falls and scrapes his knee and immediately blames Hana, of course. And then we see again at home, Hana listens to her parents talking. For some reason, they're like keeping the kid overnight in the hospital for the scrape because they're worried about it getting infected. And they say that, it, of course, they blamed Hana. So, I don't know. I guess that's why her parents are in the know. <laughs> Megumi comes and tugs on Hana's sleeve. He's been reading books that their grandma say might have some information about Hana's power. And Hana is like, don't read those, you're going to freak mom and dad out. But <laughs> Megumi asks why Hana is always so quiet. Why does she take the teasing? Do you think that you deserve punishment? He asks. The police can't judge me, Hana says. But I should receive some form of punishment for the sin of wishing so deeply for someone's death, she thinks. Baby Megumi raises his eyebrows at her and asks if she plans to live her whole life as if people wish to punish her and Hana doesn't reply. Then I will pray, he says, and he clasps his hands and looks down. Because there's no way that Saki is meant to be alone in her whole life. In this world overflowing with people, I can't believe that there's not one person out there who wouldn't love Saki. So whoever you are, please come meet her. If you're in a far-off country, then get on a plane. Hurry, come to Saki as fast as you can, he says, closing his eyes. Please. And Hana hugs him close. It seemed like such an absurd prayer, she narrates. I thought that some prayers could never be answered, just as some stains that once there could never disappear. We see more scenes of Hana getting older and being bullied at school. Nothing changed when she went to middle school. In fact, the voices all got stronger. We see some girls grabbing Hana and holding her down. They roll up her sleeve and they ask, doesn't she send out poison waves when she's mad? And they threaten her and burn her arm with a match. 
Hana tries not to think of the pain or anything lest any of the girls get hurt. Suddenly a teacher bursts in and finds them, but of course all the girls blame Hana and poor Hana says nothing. After school, her parents resolve to move to get Hana out of that environment to go to another school. Hana tells them to move without her. She doesn't want to be any more trouble. Osaki, you poor girl, her dad says. It's no trouble. Parents always worry about their children. It's what we do. It's love, Saki. We love you, they say, and both her mom and her dad hug her. So please don't give up yet. So Hana changed schools. <laughs> her teacher sasses her for having black nail polish on her first day. Since since the uniform isn't black, her, her grandma painted her nails black for her, which is really cute. <laughs> Are you telling me to lose the proof that I'm a sinner? What a strange adult. Hana says, and the teacher clearly doesn't know how to respond, and when a kid complains about it in a class, the teacher is like, she says they're proof that she's a sinner, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Even in a new environment, Hana says she didn't, try, she didn't try to not distance herself from others, and she remembers her parents' words, don't give up yet. The good news is that Hana is about to not have a choice in being close to people or not, because at lunchtime, <laughs> our baby heroine gives her a double portion of lunch, and she smiles brightly. I'm to her Honda, she says, in a bubbly speech bubble that I think ought to have the eyes dotted with hearts because we're in a middle school flashback. <laughs> <laughs> it's so very nice to meet you. I think the school lunches here are most delicious. I would be so happy if you would like them too, Hanajima-san. Hanajima-san, some kid pipes up. There's a lineup bag here. Talk to her later. <laughs> Edits, Hana wonders. And why so polite? But I'm surprised to think anyone would talk to me without being afraid. Hana walks away with her lunch. And another person calls, Yo, hey new kid. <laughs> and of course, it's Uo. Our other heroine, I think, <laughs> at least in this in this chapter. I bet you're planning to eat by yourself. I hate that, so sit down. <laughs> and there's another person who isn't afraid, Hana thinks. She's pretty, but arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, new kid. It's like you're just asking me to get your ass kicked. Toru, over here, Uo calls, and Toru joins them and asks if Hana will be eating with them. Uo's like, I just picked her up, and Toru's like, you picked up such a very good one. Which is very <laughs> charming. Maybe Hana wonders if using polite language is like Toru's habit. Toru, like, pushes her to a chair and encourages her to sit down. Hanajima, Hanajima, Uo says, and then points at her. If Kyoko-san was here, you'd be Hanachan. And Toru's like, oh, right, you're Hanachan, Hanachan, which is also amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Hana worries. If she thinks about them too much, their voices might reach her. I have no intention of meeting with you, Hana says, and stands up quickly. You'd be better off not associating with me. You would receive a hundred hertz and not a single good thing, she says. Then, like, we see Chibi Uo and Toru listening to her. And after what I imagine is a moment of silence, Toru looks panicked. Now that you mentioned it, I don't know if anything good comes from associating with me either. In my case, Uo says, it might be more like 200 hertz and no good things. And Hana is like, I, I wasn't joking. Are you listening? And Toru's like, yes, you're right. From now on, I'll do my best to be the type of person who spreads goodness to all around her. And, and Hana is like, it's not that I wanted you to set a new goal. Give it a rest, Uo says. Who cares about the details? Today you change schools, the weather is good, and there's school lunch. Now sit down and eat with us weirdos. You really are weird, Hana says, and they smile and say, we get that a lot. <laughs> From the moment I met you, Hana narrates, you two really were strange. The voices I would sometimes hear were never just pretty voices. You secretly held voices that seemed to be crying softly. There are panels shown of Uo and Toru smiling, but then they're kind of like textured over a bit darker, which is really interesting. The people were different, but my curse still hadn't gone away, Hana narrates. And Uo and Toru say goodbye to her at the end of the day, and Hana wonders if they'll greet her tomorrow morning. Maybe maybe because nobody did that before? That's what I put <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> With a worried face. <laughs> <laughs> in the morning, just that happens. Toru catches up with Hana and greets her. Hana doesn't say anything but blushes, and Toru freaks out in her Toru way that she always does. What's this? Toru, did you confess your love or something? Uo asks. <laughs> 
For the first time in my life, I felt happy, Hana narrates. Then we see scenes of the trio at school and with Kyoko. So many times since then, I thought to myself that they'd be better off if they didn't associate with me. But before I knew it, we were a team, and I was happy. When I realized that I'd almost forgotten my place, Hana narrates, it was in between two seasons. And we see a scene of them at school later. I heard from this one friend of mine who goes to your old school, some girl says to Hana, who is playing with Toru's hair while Uo sits nearby at school, that when you were in elementary school, you tried to kill a boy. Is that true? Hana starts to lose control, and we see more and more dark speech bubbles popping up, and the girl who was sassing Hana suddenly has a sharp pain in her head, and she immediately blames it on Hana, so Hana runs away. I'm scared, Hana thinks, and she panics. Did I, did I use my power again? I'm scared. Toru finds her. Hana is at the top of the staircase. Stop! Hana cries and holds out her hands. You mustn't come near. I apologize for not telling you before, so you shouldn't be around me anymore. I really do have a power. I almost killed someone, so please just leave me alone. Toru looks up at her, looking concerned and sort of trepidatious. A sin that wouldn't disappear, Hana thinks. A stain that wouldn't wash away. I don't want to hurt anyone anymore. Why was I even alive? All I could do was cause people pain. But Toru climbs up the stairs and reaches up and touches Hana's hands with hers. We're so close, Toru says, clasping her hands fully. We're becoming such good friends. I don't want to be separated. There might still be a lot about you that I don't know, but, but please don't leave, Hana-chan. Hana-chan, I love you, Toru says, tears welling up in her eyes. Tears well up in Hana's eyes as well. I love you, Hana-chan, Toru says again. But, but I, Hana says, and she thinks... I might hurt her. You decide, Uo says. Uo's finally found them as well. Don't assume that things are a certain way, because that's what people tell you. Do you want to leave? That's all I want to know, Uo says, looking serious. Hana cries and remembers her parents' words. It's what we do. It's love. She remembers a previous scene of walking to school alone. That day as I went home, I looked up at the sky, at the setting sun. It seemed so lonely that I was trembling. It was so bizarre. And when I looked down... There wasn't just one shadow anymore. From that moment on, I never walked alone again. I do want to be with you, Hana says to Toru, and tears stream down her face. I want to be with you, she says, and she rests her head on Toru's. Uo stands behind Toru. Hana remembers Megumi's prayer. I will pray. I can't believe that there's not one person out there who wouldn't love Saki. I will pray, so don't give up. A little while later, Hana seems to be able to, like, control her powers a bit. That's so wonderful, Toru cheers. There's a scene with her and her family, and Toru, or, and, uh, Toru and Uo are there as well. Hana wonders if it was the composure born of a life fulfilled, and she promises that she, would never uses her power, that she would never use her powers lightly, you know, except for some minor punishments, such as with the Yuki fangirls. <laughs> <laughs> and we learned that Hana's grandmother told her that the boy that she feels like she attacked is doing well. We see Megumi and Hana together in the present, Megumi asks if she'll ever stop wearing black, and she says that she's comfortable in it now. Megumi, too, it turns out, is most calm in black, he says. So there's little, like, characters in the background all going, like, so much black or whatever. And yes. there's also, like, a pigeon that's thinking <laughs> that they're wearing a lot of black. <laughs> the pigeons are concerned. <laughs> and he's also like, at this point, if either of us were pink or yellow, the town would be in an uproar. <laughs> and Hana's like, they would, wouldn't they? <laughs> I'm grateful, Hana says, to father, mother, Obaba, and you. And Toru and Uo call them to catch up. So I guess this is after dinner. Like, it's not... It just opens with Hana as a little kid, so... Mm -hmm. I went back to check. They're not wearing the same clothes, but... Oh, they're not? I guess, yeah, I was like, oh, it's probably <laughs> supposed to be that, but... That's interesting. Well, I don't yeah. know. I guess it could just be a random time. 
I guess. <laughs> like, it looks like Hana and Megumi might be wearing the same clothes, but Uo and Toru are definitely wearing different clothes. They're all wearing different clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, it must be right after that. <laughs> Meh, it's probably just another time. I yeah. think this is kind of, like, outside of a timeline. Like, it's not necessarily yeah. clear. Toru and Uo call them to catch them up, and Hana mm-hmm. thinks, there are times when my heart feels so full, I think it's going to burst. Even with all the love my family showed me, that alone was never enough. Father and the others would always be there with a smile, and I just thought that I was selfish and unfeeling. Whenever I start to feel that way, I think of what Kyoko said, and then we see a memory of Kyoko. We're about to get another wisdom drop, everyone. <laughs> Here it comes. Human beings can't help but want other people. Probably, no matter how miserable their situation or how much they're loved by their family, all Onion wants is to be accepted by others. I'm sure of it. And all that parents want is for their children to be happy. That's really all that matters. Someday when you girls get older, even if you start to take different paths, you'll never have to feel lonely or unloved, because these are the kind of bonds that never go away. And we close on a scene of Toru, Uo, Hana, and Megumi walking together, long shadows cast by the setting sun. That's the end of chapter 51. So we ended on a high note. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was excited. I I haven't read these chapters for a long time, but I liked, I really enjoyed reading both of them again. I'm ready. I have so many things to talk to you about. Right. So we met a new character. We did. His name's Kareno, and he doesn't know how to people. No. <laughs> he doesn't need a last name because he's obviously Soma yeah. <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess he could be like an employee or something, but he's obviously close enough to, you know, be in personal contact with Akito. So. I mean, Akito touched his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the thing Akito do- mostly does to Somas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So he'd, he'd have to be, like, a really high-ranking person on the inside who's, like, not a Soma. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you were that kind of person, they would just change your name to Soma. Like, you'd have yeah. to sign a paper. <laughs> it's like, you're just a Soma now. <laughs> yeah. Like, welcome to the family. <laughs> they give you a new passport when you go into the inner gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to, like, talk more about Crano, but, like, there's actually not a lot right now. <laughs> All my comments are about his relationship, so... Yeah, the two people we see him interacting with in this chapter are Uo and Akito, which are a pretty interesting pair. <laughs> it is very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, it's like the complete outsider of the Soma family and the head of the Soma family. That's true. And, like, none of the people involved, like, know any of this whole complicated interconnectedness going on between all these characters right now. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kareno doesn't know who Uo is in relation to, he like, Toru. Even, I mean, he probably Soma's heard of Toru, and... but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. he hasn't even met Toru yet, as far as we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, and Uo doesn't know, you know, she knows of the Somas, but doesn't know all their deal and doesn't know that Kareno is involved with them at all. Yeah, they're just like complete strangers as far as she knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash he knows, because he doesn't know her, he doesn't know Toru, so. Yeah. I think we should talk about Kareno and Akito first, because it's the easiest one to talk about because it's short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, basically, Kareno came home, and Akito sassed him for being away. And then he said everything's fine, and then Akito, like, caressed his face. And that was the end mm-hmm. of the chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think it implies that they're close. It's not clear exactly what they, what their relationship is like. Mm-hmm. This is why I thought it'd be easy to talk about, because there's, like, very little to say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But he obviously is, uh, he seems to be somewhat isolated, just by always talking about how, like, like, all he does is, like, live and work, and he doesn't know what to do on his rare days off and has never been to a convenience store yeah never once know how to like be a normal person talking to a normal person (laughs) although he did ask her to lunch so that was the most normal Mm -hmm. thing that he did i guess except that he's not in high school so (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
And the fact that when he comes back to Akito, he says, like, I'll probably never see her again, which implies mm-hmm. that there's some kind of thing with that his relationship to Akito and the Somas that would keep him from spending much time outside of the main house. Yeah, that's very true. I liked the uh, the paralleling of the face touching in the <gasps> I know. chapter with uh, him and Uo and him and Yeah, Akito. I also liked that. I noticed it right away and I I I liked it. But also maybe I noticed it right away because I spent 20 minutes trying to describe the scene where he touches Akito's fa- or where he touches Risa's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's a good touch. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of neat how much like how much attention that one gets, like whole like two page spread basically. Mm-hmm. And then like the one the keto just kind of like crowded into the bottom of the panel, like all in shadow and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it again. He also yeah. like looks. I mean, Akito, their faces are, like, they're both also shit. Like, there's shade over them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... And we see, like, Karino's face looks very strained, I think, I would say. Mm-hmm. Can't remember how I described it before. Also rueful, but... Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> beyond, though, it looks, like, painful. Like, he's, like, uh, yeah. his, his eyebrows are kind of, like, scrunched, or his eye, whatever, like... Mm-hmm. His face is a little... I don't know, and it's yeah. cut off. I think you said resigned earlier, which I think is a good... It looks description of it, yeah. I mean, it also goes with, like, his dialogue, too. Yeah. He's just like, well, this is how it is. Yep. <laughs> He's like, and also the way that he describes the situation, like, I live and I work or whatever, and that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume that his, like, what he's implying by work has something to do with the somas, since he never has to go yeah. out, I guess, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Akito is like, oh, hope you didn't cause any trouble outside or whatever, so. Yeah. I think if you piece all those things together, it seems like Karino, he works somehow in the within the inner family and, like, doesn't get to go out much. Yeah. Can we talk about Uo and Karino? <laughs> sure. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> Can you hear the excitement in my voice? Say <laughs> <laughs> so they're pretty cute. I forgot how cute their little uh, meat cute is. <laughs> the meat cute is very cute. I felt like it was very touching. Mm-hmm. I really like... Um, this the scene the one that we just described that we were just talking about the one where he like touches her face and he touches her hands and her hand mm-hmm. and stuff i was like my heart is beating like yeah. you know it's <laughs> like why is my breath so fast <laughs> <laughs> this is doing something to my feelings yeah it's a good set of panels it's very kind of striking and gets a lot of emotion across i think so I, I like that there's more and more of these panels. Um, like, I noticed in the last, these two chapters, we have some additional, like, visual language that we haven't really seen that much before. But one of the things that we're seeing is these, like, big, um, like, spreads of panels or, like, longer ones where there's no dialogue and it's just communicating something about the story but without a lot of dialogue overlaid. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. The last one that we saw was one with Yuki where he's, like, boring guy when he's walking to work it was yeah. like in the last episode we recorded i think mm-hmm. i really hope there's more of them because they're really really nice i like them yeah. yeah i do feel like the like uh visual storytelling has gotten more sophisticated as I think the so. series has gone on i was just gonna say or one of the comments that i have about this is like i feel like once i think we talked about probably in our like trailer maybe in the first one but probably the trailer we talked about how like the visual style slowly changes over time mm-hmm. um and I think we've gotten to, like, Takaya 2.0 style. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can officially stamp this and say, this is, like, it's going to change a little bit more, I think, but, like, this is... Yeah. 
it's think, uh, very different than the beginning at this yeah, point. I think we, we now look more like the ending of the series than I the think beginning. So. Yeah, I think so. That's a good way to put it. It's like mm-hmm. we've, <laughs> we've transitioned. <laughs> we're so far that we can't go back or whatever. Yeah. Like Macbeth. <laughs> I don't know. It's so simple. He touches her fingertips and he touches her face. He like posters some hair out of her face. And then he, you can see that his face sort of changes and it's like dark and then he backs mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And it just says so much in those actions. Mm-hmm. Even Uo, like, in case you didn't get it, even Uo comments on it and is like, it's like he just said, I love you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he feels like resigned, like he can't, he'll never see her again. We see at the end of the yeah. chapter, which I guess is why he pulled away. We can infer. Mm-hmm. There's some other like visual things, like one of the things that goes on in this chapter there's like a bunch of these little memories they have of each other that are very sweet like where he remembers her smiling well she remembers him smiling and being like that wasn't a very genuine smile like when they're at the restaurant together and she's about to leave you have all these like kind of overlaid like memories of them but they're always about them smiling so she says like i felt it today when when i first saw him this like lonely smile and then he Mm -hmm. has another memory later of her smiling when like running it's when he says running till they're covered in sweat just to talk to me and she's also smiling it's kind of cut off so it's a little bit hard to see but then he has another one later that says i couldn't get you out of my mind and it's her smiling as well mm-hmm. it's something about them that's just very like these little touching moments that they remember about each other mm-hmm. one thing that i thought was interesting that we don't see very much is like there's this so often takaya uses this narration slash inner monologue of a specific character that's overlaid through a chapter so in this case it's Kureno's. In the chapter with mm-hmm. Hana, it was Hana's. In Hana's, it's like dark with white text. And in this mm-hmm. one, it's this like texture. Sometimes it's yeah. like a white box, but in this case, it's this like weird, like kind of gray, like cobbly, liney texture. Yeah. Which, first of all, made it really hard for me to write from looking at it from far away, <laughs> like to take notes. But <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting because we don't, I don't think that that's a visual, like a style of dialogue box that we've seen before. So I wonder if we'll see it again. I mean, I think that you could interpret it in a certain way. Like, there's something about his, like, you know, his thoughts are sort of, I don't know, like, chaotic or something. But mm-hmm. since we haven't seen any more of it in any other usage, I don't know if we can, like, really interpret it that strongly. But I just thought it was interesting that we haven't seen that before and now we're seeing it here, I think. Yeah. Sometimes there's, like, a faded, like, texture, but usually not, like, behind the text completely like this one. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. There's just yeah. very small things. Do we need to talk about their age difference? This is a question that I have for you. <laughs> I think it, like, I mean, nine years isn't really that huge of a difference when they're, when you're an, a little older. It's a little bit bigger when one of you's in high school, but. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but I think, I feel like it comes off as less big also because Kareno comes off kind of, like, naive. Yeah, he comes off as kind of immature. life experience, yeah. Especially. And, like, Uo has had a lot of life experience. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yeah, so it's it true. seems like less of a less of a gap than it is. Yeah. I think there's a debate in the fandom. <laughs> Definitely more so with, well, I think there's a debate in the fandom about, there's multiple pairings in this story that have, like, a large age difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and this is one of them. So I think there's, like, in general, a large debate. I don't hear it so much about Uo and Kureno, but I'm sure that when this shows up in the anime it's probably going to become a debate again if it isn't mm-hmm. already and i'm just not in touch but i mean obviously yeah. like there's reasons for it to be like yeah if you're if you're a teenager i guess this is like public service announcement if a teenager yeah. if you're a teenager and a 26 year old man tries to take you out to lunch 
Mm-hmm. He probably has an ulterior motive. So. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> this is one of those, like, I wouldn't recommend it in real life, but this is a fictional story. It's a story. We can... Fictional characters that, you know, A, it's fiction, and B, we know their internal thoughts and motivations and stuff. That's so, true. We like, do. We don't have to guess, like, real life. Like, we know, like, not that much at the moment. We barely met Crano, but we can, you know, we do get his internal monologue, and we can tell he's, like, genuinely... Like feels affection toward Uo. It's not like he's just like you know. He's not trying to like take advantage he's of not her. Like he's a sketchy old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not as sketchy as Megumi. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, he. We, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good point that we can see his like internal motivations. That we can tell mm-hmm. that he's genuinely interested in her. And there's not some ulterior motive. Yeah. That's sketchy. Um, but I can understand why people would. Some people are just like no. Like yeah. relationships like this are always bad and wrong. Which. Mm-hmm. It's a probably a valid argument in real life, but yeah, I don't know. I think in this case, like your your comment is also how I feel. Like Kareno is kind of presented as a person who like doesn't have a lot of life experience. Like he feels like a teenager. Yeah. If you just like made him look younger, he could be sixteen. Like the way that he acts. Yeah. Like he doesn't act like immensely more mature and aged than our <laughs> main <laughs> cast. <laughs> That's true. And Uo is someone who like has a lot of life experience. Like she's probably more mature than a lot of people in high school. I think. Yeah. To a certain extent. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Which, I don't know. you know, none of these are, should be taken as a, like, justifying real life relationships. No. You know, cause like, oh, they're mature for their age is used by, you know, sketchy people with sketchy motivations. But yeah, I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes really hard. Yeah. You can't see it, but it's like, <laughs> they're just constantly pointed up. It's like, no, it's, that's not true. They're still teenagers. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I guess disclaimer for all of this discussion yeah. is that. But... It's all in the context of this fictional story where we <laughs> not in real you life. Know, can see all of these characters' internal thoughts and feelings and motivations. <laughs> for sure. A good disclaimer indeed. But... Yeah. Anyway, having said that, announce- having like made that public service <laughs> announcement, I think that they're, it, they have a, the potential for an interesting relationship, as we've seen. Yeah. And perhaps a, and a you know... Um, a challenged one, of course, because, like, uh, Carino is not, doesn't seem, he doesn't feel, it seems like it's coincidence that they met in the first place and that they met twice and that they, that might not ever happen again because of some yeah. relationship that he has with the Somas. Yeah, as a, another comment, it's like, the age gap is not the big problem in this relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's also probably true, yes. <laughs> There's so, so many more, so, yes, so many other problems that would be like don't do it <laughs> it's yeah. not a relationship but but the like i mean if you look at that spread of them and you don't have feelings what kind of monster are you no, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> just... <laughs> um mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of like people who are not big fans of Kareno too in the phantom mm-hmm. which i i can understand in this chapter for sure he's like very bland like he comes across as just a dude mm-hmm. who's involved with the somas and he doesn't seem to have I don't know. He just seems like a, a guy who's never been to a convenience store. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I, I think that he has some interesting qualities. Like, I think mm-hmm. his... um, I just feel like his ex- expressions are really interesting. Like, there's mm-hmm. the way that he... And it's called out so many times. All these, like, different kind of, like, smiling gestures. You have, like, the one where he's kind of just like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And was like, yeah. are you really fine? Mm-hmm. And then he has, like, a more genuine like a smile that's like i don't know genuine pleasure later yeah um when he realizes that she kind of felt the same way when it's obviously feel the same way she ran after him anyway (laughs) (laughs) 
it's like they they both met and they both wondered about each other for a long time after and now they're seeing each mm-hmm. other again but they may never see each other again dear listener so <laughs> <laughs> we'll, ne- we'll, we'll have to see what happens i guess <laughs> i feel like that's everything about carino huh <laughs> yeah i feel like there's kind of a, a theme in this series of like significant one-off meetings between characters that's probably true it's like oh i'm met this person and we had this one kind of meeting and it impacted me in a significant way. I feel like we get that a lot in the series. Yeah, like Haru and Yuki, for example. Mm-hmm. Like Toru and the the boy in the hat. Right. Yeah. Obviously. How could I have forgotten about Hatsan? Yeah. <laughs> Even like, I don't know, like Uo and Kyoko. I mean, yeah, I it started off as a like, one-off. but Yeah, and just like how like our main like school trio meet, like... <laughs> Toru yeah, and like uh, Toro and Hana. Well, Toro just met them in the woods too. Like Toro met Yuki. And yeah, those sounds too. Having camped at their house, so yeah. I feel like that's kind of a a real thing. Like being mm-hmm. in a certain place at a certain time, you could meet someone that you would never have met otherwise, and like that mm-hmm. can change a lot of things about your life. So yeah, yeah. But I think you're right. It's definitely like mm, a, it's an an element that's used in this story a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe a theme, the impact that someone else can have on you. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that's kind of an overarching theme, but definitely, you know, being like, hurt by know, people other... and hurting them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for example. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like significant first meetings and like could have mm-hmm. been one-off meetings between characters. Yeah, I think you're right. I like how Uo is constantly like, um, <laughs> "You're gonna be someone's boyfriend soon," or she <laughs> didn't she already make some allusions to? Uh, the, I think when they go to buy the bathing suit or whatever, she's like. I don't know, I also assume one of you two would marry her, and then you can kill her, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I can't remember. Isn't exactly she also either. the one, like, early on, who said, like, one of them might wind up, like, confessing their love for her? Yeah, when they leave someday. Kyoko's grave. Yeah. Yes, correct. I liked how, here, this is my transition to the next chapter. Um, okay, great, perfect. I liked how we had, uh, <laughs> how we had a little scene of Megumi, like, checking in with Hana. Yes! When, like, asking if she was lonely, and she's like, no, I'm fine, like, mm-hmm. seeming pretty genuine. Which kind of, you know, with the next chapter, we see that they've always been really close, and mm-hmm. he's always been concerned over her. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's a good brother. Yeah. I think I actually made that as a note. <laughs> um. <laughs> I have a note that says, oh, Megumi. Yeah. <laughs> he's so good. Also, in the um, in the, la- the other chapter we read about Hana, or like whatever, it was just in the anime before before the, the one that we're talking yeah. about this week yeah, i never backed down from a wave fight one <laughs> yeah yes i never backed down from a wave fight he was also checking in with her she said that she was like jealous and he was uh helping her with that mm-hmm. and then i feel like in all of this backstory chapter he's doing the same thing which is very sweet yeah. so mature for his age as a tiny tiny child <laughs> yeah because he's an old man he is he's a lecherous a lascivious old man as he said earlier <laughs> <laughs> In addition to Hana's brother, Hana's parents and her her grandmother are like A plus. They're like the best parents mm-hmm. that we've seen so far. Yeah, <laughs> they're so supportive and kind. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. The overall message is like even if you have like another support system, people are always still wanting to be accepted by other social groups, mm-hmm. which is interesting to say. But it's in- it's also nice how throughout the chapter there's finally like supportive parents, or they're like, okay, like this, you know, like it's not your fault that this thing happened that you can't control, and like you know these kids are picking on you or whatever, um, mm-hmm. as much as they can tell, at least. And then eventually they're like, 
we need to get you out of this situation and we're going to move as a family. And so they do everything they can to kind of like support her, which is really Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's a nice change of pace. (laughs) Yeah, it is a nice change of pace. I mean, she has so many other issues. Like we have all the kids constantly bullying her in school, which was like heartbreaking when I read it this time. But Mm -hmm. at least her, it's like, then you go back to a scene of her parents and you're like, okay, everything's going to be fine for like a couple of panels because they're Mm going to be supportive, which was very nice. Yeah. Yeah, normally it hurts even more when the kids go home to their parents and they're yeah. just like, whatever, I don't care about you. <laughs> there's another interesting, um, another, there's, so these like visual effects, there's a bunch of different visual effects like I was just talking about. Another interesting one is like the use of the like dark um, speech bubbles for representing like uh, other people's thoughts that Hana's hearing as a child. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even notice that at first. And then I was like, oh, like, that's what those are. Yeah, I was like, but... what's this weird black texture? Oh, it's like yeah. people's dialogue boxes. Mm-hmm. We've seen other use of like empty dialogue boxes other times. I'm trying to remember. Or like altered dialogue boxes. Mm-hmm. The one that comes to mind offhand is when my, uh, you know, great teacher Maiko was talking to uh, Toru in the mm-hmm. hall that yeah. one time and they were too far away to hear, but then there's little like empty speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that we have this. And it's, like, represented, it's used multiple times throughout the chapter, so, like, at the beginning, there's a lot more, and then, of course, in this scene where um, people's, everyone's thoughts come back after the girl, like, accuses her in their middle school classroom, like, it comes back in again as a texture, so. Yeah. I thought it was a nice effect, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like these chapters, like, we're reading them because they're back-to-back, and they're, you can read them at the same time, but I don't know if they're actually interrelated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're, they're just two one-offs that are right next back-to-back. to each other, but... Yeah, I think like the one the Although chapter it's an, an Uo story and a Hana story, so <laughs> that's true. We talked a little bit about the theme of the first chapter, which is and like one of the things that you or the themes within the first chapter that we read, and one of the things you mentioned, of course, is the this like what kind of chance meetings can change a lot of things about you and the idea of the constant coming back to this like idea of interacting with people that that's how you become like a person who can interact with others and seeing yeah. how someone who's theoretically not have got a light a lot of life experience and maybe like looks a bit ice acts like they've been isolated like he doesn't have a need to go out and then mm-hmm. struggles obviously to interact with another person mm. i wonder what so like the theme of the second chapter then what are some like overall themes that are in there we had a we did have a kyoko wisdom drop let me find yeah. it, <laughs> which is always like a good indicator to me of like whatever the theme is. In this case, That's it's a, the human need for connection. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That not just your family, your family is not necessarily enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like how she says like someday when you girls are older, even you take different paths, you'll never have to feel lonely or loved because these are the kind of bonds that never go away. Yeah. Um, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. I like how we see like, I don't know how far out this is from Uwa's backstory. But we see she's still, she's got like bandage on her face for most of her scenes. So she's still obviously dealing with some fallout from leaving the gang. Yeah, I don't know exactly when this is, but it sure looks Mm -hmm. like they look exactly the same as like right at the end of Uo's backstory. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see her doing, being so happy and (laughs) doing so well. (laughs) And like including other people and like trying to form a new, like Uo herself trying to form a new social group. Mm-hmm. which is interesting it's just like hey new kid come sit with us i don't yeah. like when people are alone or whatever which is great yeah <laughs> like ohana like calls them out right away where she's like so arrogant and the other one's like yeah. it's but very polite that's <laughs> like yeah. really good she's like you guys are weird and they're like yeah we get that a lot 
so good. Yeah. They're like, come sit with us, weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also like all the scenes of like all the families interacting. Like you see like you know, like U and Hana and hanging out with Toru and Kyoko and then you mm-hmm. also see like U and Toru over at Hana's house yeah, with it's her very family sweet. and stuff. Yeah. When Hana's learning how to control her powers. I feel like that's like it's yeah. a just a little like a very short scene, but probably a very important moment in her life, actually. And the yeah. fact that they're there like with her I think is really important. I also, mm-hmm. like, really skimped, touched on it very, very lightly when we were in this, like, uh, summary. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's just a little a little note there. It's, like, a little, one little scene that I feel like is probably hugely important to her to be yeah. able to control when she hears people, like, understands their thoughts and when she doesn't. Yeah, and I think the fact that she's got, like, all her family and friends around her when it happens is significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that just occurred to me this time is that I think because we just watched the uh, anime episode with the, like, Yuki fan club. Yeah. Is, like, they're still... People are still using witch as an insult to her. Yes. Like, I wonder if that, like, stings. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It seems like in the later chapters, she's, like, more... I mean, she has her little group, right? So she has her support Mm -hmm. system. It seems like she's a little bit more used to people, like, not understanding her, but also, like... You know, like, those things don't... It doesn't strike her as deeply, it seems, at least from the outside. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure she's still like, affected sure, by it, but... Yeah, like, I think she's at the point where she can deal with it, but it's like having, like, the kind of, like, insults people are slinging at you at, like, the worst moments of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, to have people still using it pretty Constantly. casually, even if they're not, totally. you know, being as horrendous as <laughs> the kids were. Yeah, they're not physically abusing her. Those scenes where she's, like, um... In school, like the one where they force her to eat the nude or whatever, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. And then they burn her yeah. arm. Yeah. I forgot all these things happened, and I was mm-hmm. very taken aback when I read it yeah. again. Yeah, like, that's, like, horrific bullying. Yeah, it's terrible. I was like, where's her teacher? Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, the middle school one is a little bit different because, like, you have less supervision. But I was like, she's in elementary school. Like, the teacher should have yeah. been, like, five feet away. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Personally, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah, know. I'm especially sure during also... lunch, that's when kids get up to crap. Totally. On them during lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. You can't get away. You're not supposed to be able to get away with anything. It's when you have a bunch of kids who are like, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I, I just, where are the parents? I mean, <laughs> but still, um, yeah, yeah, they were very, very violent. And I was yeah. surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Like, I remembered her backstory. I remembered, like, generally overall that this was covered in the series, but I didn't remember all the specifics of it and how awful it was. Yeah. Like, how violent the kids were. Um, yeah. I mean, kids can be dicks, but... <laughs> yeah. Man, man, like, nobody is telling them not to do that. It's crazy. hmm On a lighter note, I like how both uh, Hana and Ayame have, like, the same process for dealing with their dress code violations. <laughs> just to say weird things at your teacher until they, like, decide not to bother questioning it. I like how she's like, what, you want me to remove the badge of my sins or whatever? And the teacher yeah. is like, uh... And then the kid is like... Like, Sensei Hana has black nails, and the teacher's yeah. like, what, you want me to, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, it's really Yeah, like, it's like, she says to prove she's a sinner, what do you want me to do what about do it? about it? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then meanwhile, Toru's like, I want to be friends with that. <laughs> yeah. So, so sweet. I love how Toru's um, meeting of her is the best. It's so Toru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, like, serves her, she's like, you get extra food, and let me talk to you forever because I want to be your best friend and then all the kids are like mm-hmm. um can you not <laughs> right now yeah. <laughs> so good. 
And Uo is also like, yo, new kid, sit with us, which is also very Uo. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like when she calls over to Toru after she, Hana's just kind of like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you too. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> the other interesting thing that this, we didn't talk about this yet, but the other interesting thing that she says is, um, so she meets them. This is in the same scene. Um, and Hana is like, from the first one I met you, from the first one I met you, you two were really strange. The voices I would sometimes hear were never just pretty voices. You secretly have voices that seem to be crying softly. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting thing to say. Like, I wonder what that means. Like, obviously, we know that Toru and Uo have experienced some trauma in their lives. Like, I wonder, is that yeah. what that means? Like, is that what Hana I think can so. pick up about them? Yeah. Seems like she's, like, trying not to, like, hear, like, actual thoughts, but can still pick up some stuff. And so she can, at least that's the impression I got. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's no, like, dark speech bubbles or whatever in these scenes. Yeah. So she's trying not to. In fact, she says, like... If I think about them too much, then I'll be able to hear their their thoughts mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's really interesting that she picks up that about that they have that quality, and it's mm-hmm. she picks up on it, which is very interesting. And like other yeah. people don't, like other kids don't, I guess. I'm sure other people do, but she specifically mentions it about Uo and Toru, which is interesting. And the way that it's represented is that they're kind of their faces are like shaded over. Yeah, as if it's something dark about them. She makes a lot of reference to like uh, so. There's again, there's like. Sometimes we see, with Uo's backstory, we saw a bunch of, like, imagery of change. Like, we talked about the butterfly and the moon and, like, other stuff. Things happening at night and during the day and things transitioning from day to night. Mm-hmm. Same with um, Hana's story as well. So there's a bunch of times where she mentions, like, seasons in particular. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. I changed schools before it was summer. And then she says specifically, like, when I realized I almost forgot my place, it was in between two seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess in between summer and fall. There's, like, scenes of them often walking at the, during, like, the sunset, I guess. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, the weather will be nice tomorrow. You can see their shadows are, like, quite long. And mm-hmm. it's to help, like, build up that metaphor where she says, like, there were three shadows and I knew that I wasn't alone or whatever. But yeah. also the time of day in which it happens is, like, um, another transitory time. So, mm-hmm. Of course, change and transformation being a overarching theme of the series. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like it's a coming of age story. Yeah. I feel like we've made that joke before, but <laughs> animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot about the animals. There hasn't been an animal transformation in such a long time. Yeah. Yuki and Kyo haven't transition trans uh, transitioned. <laughs> they, they haven't transitioned, that's true. It's a different story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my new fanfic. <laughs> yeah. Um the Yuki and Kyo haven't transformed in a long time. I don't think any of the Somas have other than Ritsu or whoever the last one we met was. I'm making shifty eyes that you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> like, help me out here. <laughs> I know I only did the last time we saw him, but I can't remember if that was oh. before or after Ritsu. Uh, I think he was after. Yeah. He was snake. <laughs> he was cold. Yeah. He was, like, too late and then transformed. Yeah, he was cold or hot. I can't remember which one. Oh, but... he was hot. You're <laughs> he, right. He had an summer, extreme so temperature experience, so he turned into a snake. <laughs> Yeah, and Yuki was like, how did you go to school? I don't understand. <laughs> um, yeah, that was recently. That was like a couple episodes ago of ours, a couple chapters ago. Yeah. So he was probably the last one. But Yuki and Kyo haven't changed in a long time, like a long ass time. Yeah. Many, many chapters. Maybe since like the lake. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're right. Transformation is a theme of Fruits Basket. <laughs> <laughs> how could I forget? <laughs> I really enjoyed reading these chapters. I'm excited that we're getting to I don't I don't know I don't have any other big things to say so I was just gonna sum up yeah <laughs> I'm really enjoying I really we've gotten to a point where like I remember things vaguely but not very 
clearly. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really exciting to like to read them. So this one was nice. Yeah. And I'm also really excited for like the the full like I feel like the visuals are becoming more and more refined. So we're getting these really like touching, intricate moments in the visuals that we didn't necessarily have before for like a variety of reasons. I think like just the Takaya's drawing style has like matured or yeah. maybe something else changed about the way this is being produced or something, but it just seems like there's more, I think there's more like space in the story for like non-dialogue scenes to happen. And there's, yeah, I think the layouts have gotten more complex and I think so. intricate. Sometimes we still have moments where it's just like there's a lot of dialogue to like have to explain yeah. what's going on, which is always <laughs> going to happen. But we have yeah. these really lovely scenes where there's just very, very minimal dialogue, and you get to see a lot of emotion. Like Takaya's really, we talked about it so many times, like the rueful smiles that we constantly yeah. see. But it's because it's like, uh, yeah, it takes a long time to pick, um, to pick <laughs> how to describe every like face, every expression that someone makes when there's like a mm-hmm. close up of an expression on their face. I have to think about it for a while because it's like, what is this actual expression? Because they're always yeah. so like multifaceted. So yeah, there's a lot of them where like you see the expression, you know exactly what feeling it's expressing. It you just have trouble putting it into words. Yeah, you're like, I felt that feeling. Yeah, definitely before. Mm-hmm. I felt the feeling of someone touching my fingertips and touching my face. But, yeah. <laughs> but can I describe it as like someone that I cared about deeply? And it's like, mm-hmm. can you? How do you put that into words? I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> I usually pick something. <laughs> It's fine. Um, but yeah, we're getting... I'm excited because um, I just think that like the, the visual styles progress to a point where it can communicate a lot more than just like the words in the dialogue. So we're getting... It's exciting. I don't know. It's the Furuba that I think of when I think of Furuba. Like, <laughs> at this point, I guess. Yeah. Also, like, um, I feel like we've seen... We haven't really gotten any... There's been like some touching moments between characters and some like ship teasing... But I feel like this is the first, like, actual, like, time that somebody said that they felt, like, romantic attraction or affection for somebody mm. with, with uh, Kareno and Uo, right? I'm thinking. Could be, yeah. I think so. Well, other than Yuki kind of saying that he has feelings for Toru, I guess, like, with Haru. We know about Haru and, and uh, Rin, yeah. Yeah, we can yeah. say they're together. We know about Haru and Rin having been in a relationship, but they're broken up yeah. right now. And we haven't seen them. We haven't seen them together. Well, yeah, and even, like, the Yugi stuff is more just Haru teasing him about it rather than, like... <laughs> That's true. He hasn't really admitted it yet. And he's like, I'm not dealing with that right now. In yeah. fact, he actually said he's, like, suppressing Putting a lid them. on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally, yes. <laughs> I kind of respect that with him being just like, yeah, I'm not dealing with that right now. So if you could, you could go along with me on this not dealing with it train that'd be cool <laughs> i'm impressed by his ability to compartmentalize his feelings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not like that <laughs> it's like that's a problem for future yuki <laughs> no yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I, there's been some like touching moments i think and like and by that i mean like physically literally touching too yes. sometimes <laughs> like some of them like there's there's been very definitely like i said like ship tz type moments but mm-hmm. nothing like nothing like this i feel like this is a new like marker in the like, we're about to go full on into like deep like shoujo feels. Yeah, I was gonna say it soon. finally earned its the romance part, of <laughs> yeah, the romance really. comedy that it still <laughs> says on the back. <laughs> there is comedy. Even these chapters had uh, some comedy. Even Hana's chapter had some comedy. Like, 
it's funny the way that she's like, this nail polish represents my sin. You want me to remove my badge of my sins? And yeah. the kid complains about it. And the teacher's like, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> I love the kid complaining because, you know, he was just like, maybe no one will say anything if I just didn't let this happen. And then immediately kid's like, teacher. Yeah, I know. I love it. That kid's such a jerk. <laughs> that kid, that's the one kid who complains about everything. He forgot to assign homework at the end, too. Exactly. And everybody's like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> teacher. Hana's nails are Hana Jeeva's nails are black, and she's like whatever. He or she, their teacher's kind of androgynous. I couldn't decide if yeah. it was a. They get a a female voice actor in the anime, but yeah, I, I assumed that it was a woman, but then I was like, I don't know, maybe whatever. Who knows? It's mm-hmm. it's it's irrelevant. They're only yeah. there for that one scene. So mm-hmm. a different teacher. teacher. That's yeah. their gender. Teacher gender. Yes. <laughs> Generic teacher, kind of like the teacher in a like. The peanuts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just like wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Identify as teacher. <laughs> anyway. Okay, good. Well, I think we're ready to talk about spoilers. Okay. At least I am. <laughs> uh, uh, you people know where to follow us. Everybody knows. We're on the <laughs> Tumblr. That's the most... Tumblr is the best place to uh, get your Let's Stay Together content, I feel like. <laughs> It's the most active. It's not been the most active recently, but it is the most active, I would say. It's the best place after the Google Play Store. <laughs> <laughs> Only if the Google Play Store updates and actually gives you your episodes. <laughs> we find out that's a problem sometimes. <laughs> it's the best place after Spotify. It's the best place after Stitcher. <laughs> yes, yeah. go, go to Stitcher. I mean... <laughs> okay, good. Well, I want to talk about spoilers, so we're going to play music and then we're going to talk about spoilers. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, do you want to start spoilers? Question mark? Sure, I'll start by following up on my earlier comment that I was surprised Kyoko and Katsuya's age gap is actually smaller than... <laughs> Kareno and Uos because yeah. it feels bigger. <laughs> yeah, I guess just because she's in middle school. I think both because she's in middle school and Katsuya comes off as more mature. Yeah, the Kareno. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a. <laughs> he seems really sheltered and immature because he is, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> he hasn't been allowed to leave. <laughs> no, no. He's been um, manipulated into the inner circle of the cult that we call the Soma family curse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, I thought his. Uh... Kareno's comment when he was talking about how he's like totally happy and fine when he kind of like looks down and he says I'm sure I'm more content than anyone yeah I wonder if that's kind of like almost like a guilty thing about like his curse being broken compared oh, to the rest of them <laughs> that's interesting I didn't think of it that way I didn't think I didn't have a interpretation of that but I noticed that comment and I thought it was very interesting so that's yeah I agree with you maybe yeah I'm sure I'm more content than anybody yeah. else <laughs> like I feel like he might like, looking at his later stuff, I feel like he might feel like he doesn't, like, he shouldn't have anything to complain about because he's got it all, quote-unquote, better than mm-hmm. some of the other Somas, even though he really doesn't. It's just a different kind of abuse. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's definitely a different kind of abuse, yeah. 100%. If you feel like you can't leave, that's definitely abuse. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting comment. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think it could be interpreted that way. At least I don't have an I don't have an alternate argument yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just kind of where my mind went. So. He's like, yeah, I have everything that I need. I don't need more than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
He's a bird. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or he was. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't even mention it at all or think about yeah. it. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You're right. His curse is broken and he used to be the bird. Yeah. The chicken. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. We met Carreno. He's mm-hmm. the chicken of the Zodiac. It's yes. very important. There's a lot of people who don't like him in the fandom, it turns out. But I can see why. I think I mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of boring so far. But... Yeah. I can see not caring about him. I think it's weird that there's like... Some people, like, vehemently dislike him. But. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of mm-hmm. agree with that, too. But then I think about it, and I'm like, oh, I have an overall, like, general positive opinion of this series, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most things I'm either, like, neutral or positive yeah. about. Like, he's not a character I think about that often, but when he's on screen, I'm like, oh, he's fine. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I was gonna say something. Oh, um, so now we've met all the Zodiac. Right. Yeah. Yes, we have. Yeah. Toru hasn't. We met yeah. Rin, and we met Karino. Mm-hmm. We don't know that much about them yet. Nope. At this point. We don't know they're animals, but by process of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> we know they're somas. Yes. We met all the Junishi. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that the the scene with, where Kareno touches Uo's face is echoed by Akito touching Kareno's face at mm-hmm. the end. Of course. It implies, or like it's, you know, implying their kind of special relationship status. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't actually get, like, explicitly shown for quite a bit. So. Yeah. I wonder, like, I guess we'll have to, when we get to there, we'll have to, like, retrace what was going on. Because isn't there a whole, like, love triangle between Shigure and Kareno and Akito? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> mm, oh, mm, love a, isn't really the way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's like... Uh... <laughs> There's a... It's like, <laughs> Kareno's just... It's like Shigure and Akito have their thing going on, and Karina's just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, basically. Actually, yeah. More like that. <laughs> they have a complex Ren's in there relationship. Somewhere. Yes, that's... Well, it's Shigure, Akito, Ren, and then Shigure, Akito, Kareno, and they're two separate mm-hmm. things that are both happening, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Later. <laughs> interesting is one way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. I have a, another important thing to talk about that's spoilery. Okay. Did you did you did you notice the feathers? I in did. Hana's backstory. <laughs> so how do these fit into your feather theory? Yeah. Well, this is one of the ones that I mentioned were kind of like yeah, kind of outliers because they're not most of them are associated with Akito. But yeah, so we got we got black feathers during the scene when Hana possibly like curses the boy. Yes. In the background, and then we have Denpa. yeah, and then we have uh, a couple of white feathers when we get Kyoko's uh, little knowledge drop Mm -hmm. so i mean it holds up with the like black feathers bad white feathers good (laughs) general theming (laughs) yeah and then specifically i think kyoko is saying the bond that you have is unbreakable or something in that scene which is interesting yeah Mm -hmm. it's interesting how it's like so you have their kind of like good bond and then like the curse breaking that's sort of represented by these white or like accompanied by the white feathers we talked about Mm mm-hmm like, as if a yeah. new, they have the ability to form, like, new bonds or something. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of yeah. all fits together as one element. Yeah. I think the, I think the white feathers, you could say, generally represent, like, more positive bonds and stuff. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I'm asserting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Choosing to interpret by this scene and the other things that you've so diligently categorized, or, uh, cataloged earlier yeah yeah I, th- I think later on the black feathers more start to 
kind of represent the negative aspects of especially the, the zodiac bond, but mm -hmm. it could be like in general, but I'm not sure really how they fit with the, the scene in Hana's backstory, except for just yeah. being a bad deal. <laughs> I do feel like um, it was used both in Uo's and Hana's backstories, and I think that there's mm -hmm. things about them that are meant to parallel a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, they actually, I think they both have similar meetings to, like, when Toru meets, like, a Zodiac person, like, and she kind of learns their deal, I guess. Yeah. So with Uo's, it's, like, the time, not necessarily when they meet, but I always think of the time as, like, of that was most impactful was when she, like, ran away and took her, Toru took Uo to her house. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's like they for they forcefully invite Hana to have lunch with them, and they're like, "Yeah, we're weird, whatever." So with us, mm -hmm. like, um, and then of course later, like on the stairs, Toru also does a similar bonding thing with her. And this one, they also it's similar to the it's kind of a similar setup to like the one with it's actually really similar in the kind of arc from Uo's like Uo doesn't want to be friends with her, and then. They run together, and then Uo tells her some stuff, and they, like, Tori rests her head on Uo. In this case, it's like, Hana doesn't want to be close to anybody. And then they kind of, like, in the, where Uo was in Toru's apartment, and it was, like, really, she heard all the, like, noises and kind of got that, like, domestic feel. Hana sat with them at, they tried to get Hana to sit with them at lunch. Actually, they started becoming, like, friends or whatever, and then, uh, and being close to each other, and she started to get comfortable, and then the girl brought up the that she cursed whatever or did something to the boy before, mm -hmm. and then she runs away, and then they also like there's this like physical touch element to um, like what happens with Toru and Hana also. So they actually mm -hmm. have a lot of parallels in their stories. Yeah. So the feathers are also used in both of those places. Like I think kind of around the same point in the story where it's like it's a bad time and a bad thing happens, yeah. right? <laughs> Uh, it's like when Uo joins the gang, and in this case, it's when Hana like kind of um, wishes that the boy would die. Mm -hmm. It's not proven that she did anything. He could have just had an undiagnosed heart condition like all those people that dropped dead in Disney World. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yes, it's strongly implied that she was able to impact something about him with her thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, One other little thing I had is when uh, Uo was talking about how, like, Tori's gonna be someone's girlfriend, and like she and Hana are gonna like crash their date and stuff. Mm -hmm. They they kind of do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. They definitely crash their first date. Don't they go with them to the zoo? It's foretold. <laughs> yeah, I think that might. But yeah, I just generally thinking about them giving Kale a hard time at the end of the series. But I mean, they definitely just generally give him a hard time for sure. But I'm pretty yeah. sure they go on their like first official date with them yeah, too. I so. think they did too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot to make sure to mention that in the spoilers. It's very important. Yeah. On his backstory, there's not a lot of like. It's oh, I was excited we could see Megumi again because yeah. when we talked about him in that chapter. We were like, I don't know if we'll ever see him again. And it turns out it's now. Yeah. But I don't know if we'll see him that much after this. I feel like he might get like a couple like panels here and there. But yeah. And then of course, like you you pointed out earlier, or you mentioned earlier, like the difference, the age difference between Kyoko and Katsuya, and of course, like we got a reference to their relationship from Toru being like, my parents were eight years apart and they were yeah. very much in love, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the first mention of them having like an age gap too. I think so. Like I think we get mentions that like, you know, like Katsuya's parents and family didn't approve, but. Yeah. 
Well, they they don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't have a good relationship with Toru. Yeah, um, I'm not sure like how much it said that they don't approve or whatever, but of their relationship, <laughs> but they definitely don't. I think there's been mentioned that uh, his family doesn't really like Kyoko, mm-hmm. but not necessarily why yet. Yeah. I don't think anything else specifically... There's no other specific spoilery things that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. You get, like, the start of some stuff here, but it's not, like, heavily foreshadowed, really. No. And, like, uh, Uo's relationship with Kareno comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So She's... Oh, well, I mean, it was, like, alluded to briefly, where she's like, I met a guy who didn't suck the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and then it he's, just... He's clumsy, like Toru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how uh, Megumi and Hanover are like, should, should we stake out the convenience store? Yeah. <laughs> perfect and she's just like don't <laughs> yeah it's like i told you he doesn't look like toru he just acts like toru mm-hmm. and toru is like clumsy yeah. <laughs> tootsie it's funny how they mentioned that and then they also mentioned it in her backstory in hana's backstory hana is like why is she- she's ditzy and she speaks super politely yeah <laughs> like those are her defining characteristics <laughs> also like how toru was like i resolve from this day on to be a better yeah. person <laughs> <laughs> it's very charming. Yeah. But Hannah's like, I wasn't trying to make you laugh or be depressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, Are you listening to me? And they're like, Totally. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's very sweet. Okay. Well, and that on that note, maybe we should record our next episode. <laughs> Which is about the same thing. I mean yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, you can I don't know, you can find us at Tumblr is the best place to reach us, so you can find us at Tumblr and Twitter, and you can email us at staytogetherpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on all of the places where you can listen to podcasts, including the Google Play Store, as you mentioned <laughs> before. <laughs> yes. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, do you want to start spoilers? Question mark? I might have to get that, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I might have to get that. <laughs> should, yeah. <laughs> Pick it up and go, hello. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you read the note about what Totoro Soba is? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound <laughs> delicious, but... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had Tororo on a, on a plane once, and it was not delicious, but also it was on a plane, so, I mean, yeah. perspective changes everything. <laughs> Just, like, mm-hmm. you're excited to eat goo on soba. I mean, I get it, I guess, but it's the only thing. It's just, I didn't like it, so, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, you I'm sorry. You article about, like, how people drink tomato juice on the plane because it tastes different because of the altitude, and it's, like, one of the only things that tastes better on a plane. I heard that Lots of things taste worse because of the altitude. I heard savory food is supposed to taste better on planes. <laughs> because, like, uh, something about your, like, sensory input getting, like, overwhelmed by, like, sounds and, and altitude and junk. And so, mm-hmm. so savory things are supposed to taste better, including tomato juice. Yeah. The best food I ever had on a plane was, like, risotto. So I feel like that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. I always liked the, like... Like cheap Salisbury steaks on a plane. <laughs> That's also probably got a lot of salt. Yeah. So <laughs> when we were going back, um, they were out of the rice stuff. What's it called? Um, the breakfast rice goo. Totally okay, you? Yeah. yeah. They were out of that by the time they got to our seats. So I had to have the regular <gasps> breakfast, There's and it made best. me sick. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's terrible. I was really excited. The Okagi that we had on the way going there was really good. I was yeah, like, I was hoping that we get it again, but that. they were out by the time we had they got to us on the plane. Anyway, so I was sad.
<laughs> this has been airplane break with <laughs> <laughs> Kayla and Ellen. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, so at the restaurant.